My name is Paxton and my experience occurred in Western Canada on October 24th of 2015. Now, I won't go into too many details about myself. What is important is the story that I must share with you. I have to get it off of my mind, off of my shoulders because it has haunted me for far too long. I wake up in the middle of the night with cold sweats and trembling from terror. Consider this a catharsis. I used to think the world was simple, that things are as you see them and that was that. But things happen and there's nothing you could do about it. I never believed in strange things and by that I mean the paranormal and supernatural. Now I don't know what to think. I don't know the best way to describe my experience. I guess I could call it a paradigm shift. I am or was an urban explorer. I used to love going to abandoned places such as hospitals, apartment buildings, warehouses. Places like that. You see, it was the sense of adventure and discovery of these derelict places that drew me to it. A friend of mine, I'll call him Joseph... I found a rural place, an old farmhouse an hour out of town. It was an isolated site that you had to go out of your way to get to. But it was well worth it, he said. It was one of those places, you know, where the family was murdered by someone unknown and now the place is forever haunted by vengeful ghosts. Also, it was a place where satanic rituals took place and demonic spirits now haunt the area. Every town has these ghost stories that are made up by kids to scare one another. The fact of the matter is that nobody truly knows what happened. What we do know is that the family vanished, as if they simply got up and left. All their belongings, their stuff, left behind. That, of course, happened 30 years ago, and the place had stood silent ever since. October 24th was a wet and gray autumn day. Scattered showers soaked the highway. In order to get to the house, we had to drive off the pavement and onto muddy dirt road, surrounded by rows and rows of trees which swayed in the wind. It was a two-story house with a peaked roof and a dormer attic. At one time, it would have been a peaceful and comfortable place for a family to live in. Now it was dilapidated shell of its former self, the surrounding farm grounds concealed by trees. Nature had reclaimed the place for herself, and despite the condition, I was pleasantly surprised to see the lack of graffiti and damage usually left by teenagers. Just a few empty beer bottles left on the front deck of the house. The windows and front door were boarded up. The back door, however, was wide open. The boards were removed and tossed to the side. I was like that when I checked the place out last week, Joseph explained. We continued exploring the exterior property. There were a couple of sheds out back and an old beat-up corpse of a truck. In the field beyond the truck, I noticed a collection of white stones, loads of them scattered about on the ground. Huh, you know, I didn't notice that earlier, Joseph remarked with an inquisitive look on his face. Looking at the stones carefully, 
They seemed to form a spiral pattern. Intrigued, we approached the stones. I don't know if I imagined it or what, but I swore I could smell ozone. You know, the aroma of lightning or a photocopier. I crouched down and examined one of the stones, noticing something etched onto its surface. It was a symbol of some sort that I wasn't familiar with. It was like a triangle, only with the bottom line missing, and the ends of the other two, one with a squiggly circle, and another with the T-shape. I looked at another stone, and it had the same etching on it. That's really bizarre. I wonder what all this is, Joseph said as he took a look. I shook my head not knowing what to say. We approached the back of the house, flashlights at the ready as we entered the house one at a time. We were greeted by what appeared to be the kitchen. It was cold inside the building, cold and gloomy as expected, of course. Besides our flashlight, only diluted sunlight peeked through the boards covering the windows. There was a mess of debris scattered about on the floor, pots and pans and plates and utensils. A large wooden dinner table covered in three decades worth of dust stood in the center of the kitchen. The fridge and sink coated in rust. The paint was peeling off the walls. But besides the mess, just as outside, the place was free of vandalism. We next moved into the living room, which was rather large with rodent-infested couches and sofas. The coffee table was flipped onto its side, and with a television set with a screen that was caked in untold amounts of dust. The air had the distinct smell of mold and piss. Dusty old books and newspapers and magazines sat on the floor in stacks. And near the front entrance to the house was a set of stairs going up to the second floor. I approached the brick fireplace and shined the flashlight and there's what appeared to be a photograph. I picked it out of the confined space and blew the ancient dust off of it. It appeared to be a family photo. Only the faces had been scratched out on each person. This has got to be the family, I muttered under my breath. And what's that? Joseph asked as I handed it to him. Oof, yikes, he said. He placed the photo onto the mantle. I shined the flashlight onto the walls and revealed the portraits that were hanging. I assumed they were of the family, but just like the photograph, the faces were all scratched out. Upon further examination, I noticed that the faces were scratched out in a spiral fashion. I felt a shrill fear slithering around my spine, and I shuddered in response. What do you think happened to them? I asked. Well, nobody knows. They just up and left, I guess. There was no sign of foul play or anything like that. But beyond that, well, I don't know. Joseph explained as he gazed at the pictures. Hey, where do you suppose that goes? Joseph pointed as he directed the light at the end of the adjacent hallway. The door was slightly ajar. I gently nudged it open and a set of descending stairs led down into the basement. Well, Paxton, you want to check out the basement first or the upstairs? 
Joseph asked with a crooked smile. Well, let's go downstairs and get it over with, I joked. Little did I know, I made a huge mistake. Shining the light into the inky blackness, we were assaulted by a powerful smell of mold. It was even worse now. The steps creaked under my footsteps, and as I hit the fourth step, there was a loud cracking sound, and the step gave out beneath me. And for a fraction of a second, I was suspended mid-air, and for that fraction of a second, well, I knew I fucked up big time. I had just enough time to open my mouth and scream. Part of the staircase joined my descent into the dark basement, and I fell into tepid water that was several inches thick. My feet contacted with a hard cement floor, and my right ankle was twisted. Boards fell on the top of my head as I slumped face first into the water. My screams were strangled by the nasty, bitter tasting liquid. I jerked my head out of the disgusting murky water in the darkness. I gagged and I choked, spitting out the stagnant fluids, crying out in complete shock. I tried to stand up, but stumbled as burning pain shot up my leg from my ankle, and I slumped against the wall. Oh, shit, Paxton, Joseph shouted from above. I fished around the water for the flashlight that was surprisingly still working, although the light was now flickering on and off. Paxton? Joseph called out. I felt a burning sensation in my chest and back. I examined myself with the flashlight and saw broken splints of wood embedded in my skin. Rivulets of blood dripped out of the wounds. Oh my god. I cried to myself. You okay? Joseph called out again. No, I weakly said. I'll get you out of there. Just, um, just hold on a minute. Joseph shouted as he took off. Wait. I cried out, but he didn't hear me. Of all the times we've explored abandoned places, we never found ourselves in a situation like this. We always made a habit of exploring places inside and out, leaving no stone unturned. I pushed myself up against the wall, shivering from the cold darkness of the submerged basement. I shined the flashlight to check my surroundings. The beam of light could barely penetrate the darkness. The brick walls dripped with the detestable ichor and mold. The water continued to ripple in miniature waves from my movements as I tried to get a better look at the basement. Everywhere I looked, I saw black, and that's when I heard something splashing. As if something was rising from the water, I saw movement in the darkness. The silhouette of a shape rising from the water caused me to freeze like an animal caught in the headlights of an oncoming vehicle. The realization that I was not alone in the basement took hold. My mind simply refused to process what my eyes were observing. I shined the light at the shape, but I could not illuminate the form. It was as if the light was being absorbed by it. Something was very wrong here. I didn't dare to ask who was there. I tried to move, 
but a jolt of sharp pain shot up throughout my body. I cried in agony, and as if in response, the shape slowly moved towards me. A nauseating stench soon overpowered me. It was a stench that I knew all too well. One summer, many years ago when I was a kid, the chain came off my bike when I was riding with some friends. I ended up in a ditch just inches away from the pulpy remains of a deer carcass. It was that smell. The smell of death was in the basement here with me now. Joseph, I cried, tears running down my face. The shape was drifting towards me, and soon I heard heavy footfalls upstairs. And by this point, my heart felt like it was going to explode. Terror had a death grip on me. Joseph, you gotta get me out of here now. I think there's something down here with me. I continued to plead. And then I saw it. A pale, gaunt face was illuminated by my flickering light. Its eyes were black pupils, surrounded by a blood-red sclera. The thing instantly closed the gap between us, and it was right in my face and let out a scream. And that's when everything went black. When I came to, I found myself in Joseph's truck. We were speeding down the highway. He brought me to the hospital and I was treated for my injuries. I even had to take medical leave from work as well. I was unable to concentrate and I looked terrible. I've been back to the doctors, but I couldn't tell them about the experience. And so I just told them I was under a lot of stress. I spoke to my friend Joseph about that day at the abandoned farmhouse, and I told him what I saw in the basement. He was as pale as a ghost when I explained it to him. And he nodded his head in agreement. You see, he saw it too. When he returned with the ladder he got from his truck, he looked to find me. And just for a blip of a nanosecond, he saw that I was in fact not alone. It gazed up at him and dissolved into the darkness. And that's when he saw me black out. I think we're both in a state of shock. What was the thing in the basement? That face has forever been burned into my mind. The image of that thing. That scream. I mean, was it a roar? Or a cry? I don't know. You see, I've never been back to that place. And I know I will never go back. I've given up my exploration hobby and so did Joseph. I think it's safe to say that we have both been changed since that day. I relive that encounter almost every night in my dreams. And sometimes I get the feeling that I'm being watched by something. Sometimes I think I hear scratching noises coming from inside the walls. But I think that's only my mind only. I haven't told my parents about this or my siblings. The only thing they know is that I had an accident exploring an abandoned house. Besides, what would I say to them? My former hobby could be considered dangerous. Besides injury from structural problems, you could run into animals or dangerous people. All that time, I never experienced any of those. But instead... I had an encounter with the unknown.